When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. What's good, everybody? Thanks for joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. You got Freddie Coleman here, Amber Wilson there on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN News, presented by Progressive Insurance. And Amber, this one you know that you are the biggest, baddest sports in the sports jungle. You have a preseason game in which nobody of significance played last night between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you have a series going on between the Mets and the Braves. Five games in four days. And more attention paid to Raiders-Jaguars in an exhibition game more than a key series in August, early August, between the Braves and the Mets in the NL East. NFL is king. We already knew it, Freddie, and you definitely saw it last night. And like you said, we didn't get to see Trevor Lawrence. We didn't get to see ETN. We didn't get to see the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams connection. Nobody cared because we got to see football, right? We could freak out about two plays with Trayvon Walker and oh my god he looked amazing and and it didn't really matter what the names were that were out there all that mattered is that it was some semblance of NFL football and it gets us one step closer to real NFL football that accounts for something one thing I noticed last night during the game other than the he he ha ha glad handling between Devontae Adams and Derek Carr Trevor Lawrence looked a lot more relaxed in the sidelines for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was itching to play. He wants to be out there. He wants a chance to be out there with his dudes and have the new head coach, Doug Peterson. But Trevor Lawrence looked like saying, this is what it was supposed to look like as an NFL quarterback. After the stench of last year involving Urban Meyer on and off the football field, it's as if Trevor Lawrence is saying, I got another chance at a rookie season, Amber. It's as if he said to everybody, after all that I went through last year, after what this organization went through last year, it is not just a breath of fresh air. It feels like he's getting a second chance at a rookie season to be the quarterback I think he's going to be in his second year with the Jacksonville Jaguars with Doug Peterson as his head coach. Yeah, last night on the sidelines, he was asked about Doug Peterson, and he said he kept saying the word consistency, right, that he brings consistency mm-hmm. to the organization. You knew that was a bit of a shot probably at that oh, coach yeah. that he started his career with in the NFL because certainly the Jacksonville Jaguars lacked consistency, to put it mildly, Freddie, last season. And so hopefully Doug Peterson will bring that. I mean, the Jags looked terrible last night, but who cares? Again, it was football and it was preseason football and it doesn't count for anything. And I have no idea <laughs> what Trevor Lawrence's sophomore season is going to be. I do know he's in a much better position than he was in last year. Well, you mentioned that Tony Bazzelli, who becomes the first Jacksonville Jaguar to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was on Keyshawn J. Will and Max yesterday, and he says, whatever happened last year with Trevor Lawrence, forget about it. This is what's going to happen this year and year two for him and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was so bad and so dysfunctional last year. It's almost unfair to look at the numbers on the field. I actually look at the whole picture of Trevor Lawrence and what he was able to do from a leadership standpoint and hold that thing together and not crack under the pressure with a head coach who did not know what he was doing and was not doing the right thing off the field. So, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a cop-out, but I do think he's going to be a superstar. And I think Doug Peterson will get him there. You know, I don't think this is a team that's going to do what the Bengals did, go from last to the Super Bowl. But I do think they will be playing meaningful football 
football in December and probably get close to that 500 or just over 500 mark and set the stage for a team that has good talent, a really good coach, and a and I think a generational quarterback. Amber, I'll throw this question at you, and I'll throw it out there as well here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, in for the guys today on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. You can weigh in on this as well, the triple eight say ESPN. 888-729-3776. You look at a Trevor Lawrence in his, what I think is a better position. I don't think there's any doubt about that, Amber, when it comes to his second year. What other quarterbacks you look at right now and say, yeah, that guy's in a good position or Whew, that guy's not in a good position? We're just talking sophomore seasons, I guess. Yes. yes. If we're looking at position, what team puts the quarterback in the best position to win? I guess it would be Trey Lance, right, in San Francisco. But I have no idea if Trey Lance is any good at playing football. I've seen so little of it. I do like the position that Trey Lance is in. I think that 49ers team around him, most people think, is a Super Bowl caliber team. We know he's got Debo Samuel. That deal got locked up, so he's got Debo Samuel now for years. He's got George Kittle. He's got all the weapons around him, and he Mm -hmm. is definitely set up for an opportunity here. The problem with me choosing Trey Lance is that I, I have very little idea what you're getting out of Trey Lance. Whereas like sure. if you know you went with a Mac Jones, you know that he's in a good system. He's got a good coach and at least you saw some stuff from him in his rookie year and he did make a Pro Bowl. So you feel like he's in a good position maybe to take another step forward. I just think the team around Trey Lance is probably the right answer here. For me, it, it, you mentioned him and it is Mac Jones and here's why. Because I think the New England Patriots have to realize more than ever before, you can't just out-scheme people and think you can win a championship. If you have a quarterback that you believe in, you got to turn him loose a little bit. And I thought at times last year, they were so concerned of putting him in that cocoon and protecting him so much with the running game and the passing game, we didn't see the Mac Jones that I believe we could have seen or should have seen that could have given the Patriots a better chance to be a better football team even though they made the playoffs. And I'm not going to go by people said at camp because when you have camp confidentials, Amber, everybody's saying everybody's great. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody's shoes fit properly. Everybody's got the right underwear on. Nobody's having any family problems. Everything's fine. Everything's great in camp. But I think a guy like Mac Jones looked at himself last year and said, man, you let me turn it loose a little bit, Coach Bill Belichick. I don't care who's calling plays, who's not calling plays. You let me do some things. I can make this offense work. I think based on that from last year, Mac Jones, to me, in terms of second-year quarterbacks, may be in the best position to, I think he's going to be maybe the best quarterback out of the second-year quarterbacks by the end of the season when it's all said and done. I mean, you saw something from him in his rookie season. I just don't know how much of that was Bill and how much of that was Mac, frankly, right? Because it did feel like, particularly towards the end of the season, that Bill Belichick was hiding Mac Jones and mm-hmm. Josh McDaniel yeah. was hiding Mac Jones in that system. And they knew how to get the best out of him that they could. I do think that they're still going to be really reliant on their running game. So I do think they're going to hide him, so to speak, maybe as well in his sophomore season. But also that hiding him is setting him up for success where you're not putting too much onus on your quarterback even if you allow him a little bit more room this season than you did last season to try to air it out a little bit and see what you have there with Mac Jones I mean certainly he's playing for arguably the greatest coach of all time it's not even arguable at this point I guess anything's anything's arguable in 2022 but (laughs) right but most people would say hey Mac you're in a position here because you've got the greatest coach of all time I mean I do think that there are some deficiencies on that New England Patriots team and again you know I don't know how how much of it is Mac Jones. And if it's not Mac Jones, talent-wise, if it's actually really more Belichick, then I don't know if Mac Jones takes some incredible
reasonable next step forward because, again, he already had a pretty good rookie campaign. When you mm. make a Pro Bowl your rookie year, you're setting the bar pretty high. But he's certainly in a better position to succeed than, say, a Justin Fields. Yes, and by the way, <laughs> they bring in Devontae Parker, who's going to help him, a big body receiver mm-hmm. that can make catches in traffic. If he can stay healthy. If he can stay, well, that's uh, that's always the deal with Devontae Parker. We know mm-hmm. when he's out there, but sometimes the best ability is availability. We have not seen that a lot to the point with his talent when it comes to Devontae Parker. But keep an eye on Tyquan Thornton, second-round pick out of Baylor. I think he's going to be really, really good being that third, fourth receiver that can really tilt the field for the New England Patriots. More than ever before in modern football, you need thumpers on the outside. That guy could be a potential sneaky thumper that can help Mac Jones, that can help that defense, that can help the Titans like Hunter Henry and the quarterback. So that's why I believe having that second year, understanding and also knowing that a lot of pressure compared to previous years, Amber, won't be in the pages because everybody believes it's the Buffalo Bills division, that Mm -hmm. nobody's going to challenge them in that division. You're able to sneak around and do some things, and all of a sudden you can maybe compete and be playing meaningful football in December where you may have more of a better chance of winning the division championship. I don't believe it's going to happen, but because of not having that kind of pressure from previous years with Tom Brady – that could wind up helping Mac Jones more than hurting him and the New England Patriots in the AFC East. I do think it might matter a little bit that you lost Josh McDaniels, right? Like, I, it you might take a, like, if it's Matt Patricia calling plays, he's a defensive minded coach. Is this going to work well on offense? I mean, it might have some sort of effect. I feel like the Patriots always think they're so much smarter than all of us, you know, mm-hmm. like they won't even name coordinators because they're just so much smarter than all of us. And I don't know if they really are that much smarter than all of us or, you know, if they had number 12 all of those years. So I think we'll find out a bit more uh, this year in Mac Jones' sophomore season. I noticed, Freddie, that you didn't mention your boy Zach Wilson for your New York Jets there. There's a reason for that. No love? No. I'm not going to have any love for him from a guy that I still wonder if we're going to – here's the biggest deal with Zach Wilson. Amber, if we're asking the same questions about him in December 2022 – like we asked about him in December 2021, then that should be a cause for concern to the Jets because they told everybody – this is the guy that's going to lead us out of the abyss, Zach Wilson. And people had side eye like me saying, okay, if we're having the same quest by him not being able to make the simple plays, no matter what kind of wow arm that he has, if we're still asking those questions, Amber, in December of this year, like we were in December of last year, then that should be cause for concern with the New York Jets. That's I can't law. argue with you much about Zach Wilson you, you to, to feel, make you feel much better about things. I do think that the Jets got better this offseason, right? And, and I yes. I think you could take a step if you're Zach yes. Wilson. You could. Right. There's your hope. You could. Yeah. But I'm a long-suffering Jets fan. You know how many times I heard that from quarterbacks to the Jets? You could. Mark Sanchez, Browning Nagel, Brett Favre, Vinny Testaverde. I've heard this before, and I'm trying to – I'm trying to be that guy to say, all right, I want to do it, but uh, until I actually see it, we'll actually believe it when it comes to Zach Wilson year two, but we shall see. The Raiders were in the zone for the Hall of Fame game last night, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. With Amber Wilson, Freddie coming in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN News. Hit us up anytime you want at 888 espn 888-729-3776. You're going to hear how the number 702 has everything to do with how you feel about Brittany Griner and her situation. That's next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There's a reason why Keyshawn J. Will and Max, usually on ESPN2 and ESPN News, is not on ESPN2 today, but we're on ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Freddie Coleman. It's because, once again, you know it, you love it, and you can't live without it. ESPN, the Ocho, has taken over once again. So you'll see everything, Amber, from World Tag Team Wrestling or Marble Racing. They had air hockey on the whole nine. Anytime ESPN, the Ocho, is on Amber, I'm like, yep. I'm paying more than a cursory glance that I had to see exactly what they're going to have on all day today. I had to know what we were getting bumped for off of our ESPN2. And we are currently, <laughs> Freddie, when I looked at the schedule, we are getting bumped mm-hmm. for World Table Hockey Championships. <laughs> that is what is this? more important. I am watching this. This yeah. is incredible. <laughs> I am so invested in this right now. This has been These watching guys, guys play so food. good. This guy's been watching drunk guys play foosball in the bar. How do you discover that you are a world-class athlete, so to speak, at table hockey? Quick story, Freddie Coleman. (laughs) I actually broke my hand playing air hockey. Wait, what's that now? That's the only bone I've ever broken ever was playing air hockey when oh. I was in high school. Oh. It's the only time I've ever had a broken bone. I played. Oh, okay. I was playing air hockey at a bar, and, yeah. but I was like eight, like a like it was a. I was allowed to be there. I was going to say, I wait a minute, you, you you you're in a bar in high school. You break your hand air hockey. Wait a minute, there, there was no there was no bounces at the door. Nobody in, in charge. I, I was I was drinking water. It was fine, but yes, wait, wait. I broke my hand playing air hockey. Uh, so I think that I would not qualify <laughs> so, for the world. Team Table hockey championships that are playing right now on the Ocho on ESPN two. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We're gonna stay on this. How do you explain to a doctor how you broke your hand playing air hockey? How did that explanation go? That's what I, I want. I, I, it's an amazing thing, right? And I'm not sure the doctor believed me, but I broke my hand all the way down, like where your pinky finger is. I broke it like from the knuckle down whatever that is whatever metacarpal nonsense that is i don't know what that bone's (laughs) called but yeah man i fractured that puppy right down there it was a fierce game of air hockey i had to forfeit though because i I had to go out i was i was put on the ir you know were were you winning the game Mm, uh, i think not okay (laughs) so so the injury happened i don't want to say injuries happening at the perfect time but in terms of ego, the injury came at the perfect time because you weren't winning the game. Well, and what's amazing now is when I've played air hockey several times since as an adult, uh-huh. I'm like skittish. You know, you I, 
I'm seeing I'm like, Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold out there. I'm seeing ghosts. You oh know? my goodness! I've never heard of I've heard of people turning over air hockey tables and maybe injuring their shoulder, but actual injury involving playing air hockey. We're breaking new ground in the show today. That's what I like. The fact that we're able to have that very conversation. Traumatic, very traumatic experience in my life. I don't think I'm going to be tuning into ESPN2 right now. But I'm glad you share it, and that's always a good thing. Along with Amber Wilson, I'm Freddie Coleman, and for Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN News. And more than ever before, if you're going to travel anywhere, if it's domestically or internationally, you better make sure that you are going to be correct because somebody will find something incorrect. And that brings us to Brittany Griner, Amber, nine years in prison for having what amounts to 0.702 grams of cannabis oil allegedly on her person in her possession. That is the weight of a stick of gum when it comes to this. But yet, and I said it yesterday when I had a chance to fill on Barton Hahn, and I heard you talk about it as well when you were on Canty and Carl with Nick Friedel. With Brittany Griner, it goes beyond what the Russian courts have decided. She has now become a pawn with the term, when it comes to the term and that word respect that the Russian government is looking for from the United States government. And the United States government said, look, we just want Brittany Griner back. We don't care how we have to do it to make sure she's not, she's not going to spend nine years in prison for 0.702 grams of cannabis oil, which is the weight of a stick of gum. She was upon the second she was arrested, right? And she was arrested just days before Russia ends up invading Ukraine. We know it's a wartime that that country is involved in. And essentially, Brittany Griner is being used as a political ploy in wartime. And it's mm-hmm. becoming an effective strategy. And this is always the quagmire that our government faces when you're in these situations, right? Do you negotiate? We all want Brittany Griner to get home. What does that yeah. mean, though, for other Americans when they are traveling abroad? If you if you give the importance to Russia, if you kidnap one of ours, essentially or wrongfully detain one of our own, and then we're willing to negotiate with you and give you one of your pris- our prisoners over here. And so this is always the complicating factor when you're negotiating these sorts of prison swaps. But I thought it was interesting that our government let us know that they mm-hmm. are actively pursuing a prisoner swap right. with Russia. That's pretty unprecedented that we even got that information, Freddie. And I think because our government wanted the information out there that we are trying, that we are trying to get Brittany Griner home, who has been wrongfully detained. They've told us since day one, essentially, that she was wrongfully detained in Russia. Mm-hmm. And so this nine-year prison sentence doesn't mean much of anything. I mean, I know T.J. Quinn on our airwaves, who's our investigative reporter that has been on this Brittany Griner story since the get he called it a he called it theater and he called it an illegitimate system and we all know that their justice system ain't like ours right and I understand that ours has some flaws but uh, when you're talking about a justice system in a country with a dictator it's a very different type of thing and so this was just a lot of political theater she gets the sentence in nine years if there's any good news out of this Freddie which it's weird to say there's good news but Russia has always said that it's not going to negotiate a prisoner swap or negotiate to get her home until they do go through that theater through the the rigmarole of the trial and the sentencing which forget about it she was never going to get off because that's not how it works over there so now that they kind of went through this process and we have an actual conviction over there now presumably russia could go back to negotiating with the u.s and that's the hope is that this nine-year sentence actually gets her closer to coming home amber wilson freddie coming in for the guys today on Keyshawn, on jay will and max and espn radio and espn news and from what i read 
This could drag on for years, or she could be released as early as next week. It depends. It, here's here's the get to the to the crux of the whole thing, Amber. It depends on the mood of people making these decisions, and especially in the country of Russia, they could be in a good mood next week. They could be in a bad mood next week. That all depends on how they feel regarding this. And more than ever before in modern times, you have to be careful about what could people have a presentation of you. We're not talking about Brittany Griner, who just went to Russia on a whim. She's been over there before making a lot of money playing basketball. And even she said she didn't think that she was doing anything that was going to run afoul of the law. So it wasn't as if Brittany Griner was completely oblivious to what has gone on in Russia. She didn't think she was doing anything wrong by having something for medicinal purposes when it comes to cannabis. And that still didn't matter. In a country that she's made a lot of money playing basketball and won championships, the Russian government could have cared less about that when it comes to somebody from the United States, a six foot eight woman with an alternative lifestyle that doesn't fly in Russia. They couldn't wait to use this as a political pawn to get what they want. And that is a war criminal, a man known as the merchant of death, and try to get that person extracted from the United States at the expense of the pawn that has now become Brittany Griner. Yeah, essentially what we know is that they do want, as you said, that they're angling for Victor Boot, uh, his return, who has been sentenced in America for 25 years uh, for arms dealing. And so they're trying to get him back. He's a Russian being held over here. But then also, apparently, they threw in this caveat, which is what apparently originally, according to TJ Quinn, when I spoke to him yesterday on our airwaves on Canty and Carlin, he had said that the Russians also were trying to throw in there a prisoner being held in Germany who was accused of murdering somebody. And so then that was where the talks ended because it was sort of so absurd that they would swap somebody who'd been accused of murder in this other country and being held in Germany for Brittany Griner, who's out here being accused of having this incredibly nominal amount of cannabis oil that, of course, we don't even know if she actually had it. She's always denied actually having it, even though she did plead guilty because she did that in order to expedite this process in order to get to a point where this sentence is levied. And so then they can go back to the negotiating table again in trying to get her home. But you're right. Uh, it d- all comes down to who Russia wants in return, how we're going to get Griner home. And it's a process that we don't really know. It could take anywhere. TJ Quinn told us yesterday it could take anywhere from, you know, a week or it could take, uh, you know, f- six years. We don't yeah. know. We do know that the U.S. has been trying to get Paul Whelan home, who's mm-hmm. another American who they consider wrongfully detained in Russia for the last four years. I know. So that has been going on for quite some time. We keep trying to separate sports and politics, but that's not the world we live in, especially when it comes to not just domestic, but international and players going to play in other places. And you know exactly what kind of rules and regulations are there that they may run afoul of, that they may not be wary of or may not be aware of. And more than ever before, you have to be aware of those things. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us. And Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. As a matter of fact, Amber Wilson is going to tell you the one thing you are missing about the NFL appealing the suspension of Deshaun Watson of six games. That's as he has this from Grant from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is here for you, and they're always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, along with 24-7 support, experienced staff, and curbside pickup at over 250 local branches. And you can get free access to product specialists ready to help you track down hard-to-find items. Plus, Granger's commitment to bring your safety partner can help you with your facilities, keeping them safe and people safer. Give them a call. 1-800-GRANGER. Click Granger.com or just stop by. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. She is Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, and for Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as ESPN News. You can weigh in about Deshaun Watson, the six-game suspension, and the NFL appeal of that because they were not going to stand for that at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Before we got started, Amber, you brought up something because you know the law. She knows the law, by the way. And you brought up something from a law standpoint about Roger Goodell and the NFL appealing the suspension that I hadn't heard. For those who, of course, weren't part of this pre-show meeting, what did you have to say about why people should have expected the NFL to appeal based on the ruling on Monday? Well, I think you were asking me what it means now that he appointed a designee to hear the case. And I think it's important. Jeff Darlington was pointing out yesterday on Twitter that this is a designee appointed by Roger Goodell. So not somebody who's wholly independent. This isn't the same independent process as Sue L. Robinson was. Sue L. Robinson was an independent arbitrator agreed on by both the NFL and the NFLPA. In this case now, the NFL has appointed somebody, just the NFL, right, to be the designee to hear this appeal. So not wholly independent. However, still somebody outside of the league office, Freddie, and not somebody who is Roger Goodell himself, which Goodell could have heard the appeal himself. So he does bring in at least an outside party, even if they're not wholly independent. And what that does, it makes it more difficult for Watson and the NFLPA to challenge the process in federal court. We know there's a lot of reports out there that the PA and Watson's camp are prepared to go to federal court if necessary. They're going to, of course, wait on this appeals process, see what comes out of it. But if the arbitrator in this situation with the appeal now, Peter C. Harvey, if he sides with the NFL and gives the NFL something like an indefinite suspension or an entire season, something that's much more heightened than what Sue L. Robinson had issued, then I 
would imagine that Watson's camp and the NFLPA will try to challenge it in federal court. The problem mm-hmm. they're going to have is that they go to federal court and they'll argue something like Deshaun Watson's due process rights were violated, that this wasn't fundamental fairness the way that this process was handled. Well, that's very hard to argue when, first of all, you have a collectively bargained agreement mm-hmm. and federal courts hate to get involved when there's collectively bargained agreements because they don't want to institute their own rules when you have already come up with and agreed on your own through your negotiations as you were constructing the CBA. But then also the other problem being, how do you argue it's not fair when not only you agreed with this process, but Roger Goodell didn't even exercise the power that he could have by hearing it himself and just loving whatever punishment he wanted, he did bring in this Peter C. Harvey from the outside. So it makes it harder to challenge from the NFL perspective, probably one of the main reasons that the NFL decided to appeal, but also made sure to appoint a designee to hear the appeal. This is another case of the NFL exercising their power, meaning the ownership group led by Roger Goodell. And they're in lockstep together because he works at behest of the owners. He's just like the police commissioner in the city. He works at the behest of the mayor when it comes to Roger Goodell being with the owners of the National Football League. This is all about power with the NFL. They do not ever want a player to believe that a potential NBA-type situation, meaning equal partners together, working together as a league. The NFL ownership group loves the fact that they can put the players in a corner with a dunce cap on their head and wrap their knuckles with a ruler to make sure they act right no matter who that is, no matter kind of big name it is. That's why they appealed this decision. If the decision had come down from Sue L. Robinson, if it was 12 games, we're not having this conversation right now. The NFL say, okay, let bygones be bygones, and then the NFL would have said that it's too harsh, too stringent. The NFL said, well, you got to deal with whatever comes with it. They were ready to move on, meaning Cleveland and the Deshaun Watson that group together. They were to move on into the regular season. The NFL said, oh, wait, wait a minute. We want an indefinite suspension. We didn't get anywhere close to it. And by the way, you're not being fined for that. That's why we're having this. Right? That's why Peter Harvey's name has become a name. And now it brings us more to the courts and more to the law because the NFL knows, Amber, they have enough resources and they can outlast any player and their resources that they have available. That's what this comes down to. We talk about power plays. The NFL's always been about a power play to make sure things work for them as an ownership group and not so much when it comes to the players and the fans. And they were given the ultimate power under the CBA. Don't forget the NFLPA did agree to that, right? They agreed to give the NFL this ultimate power to appoint somebody to hear this appeal. That was within the NFL's discretion. It was also within the NFL's discretion to appeal this thing when they didn't like the decision that was issued by Sue L. Robinson. It would have been in the NFLPA and Watson's camps as well, though. Don't forget if they had levied something like a Mm 12-game suspension or a full-season suspension, you probably then would have seen the NFLPA PA and Watson not issuing a joint statement saying we respect the independent arbitrator process (laughs) probably would have got a little bit differently. All of a sudden they might not have respected that process quite as much. They probably wrote a brand and appealed this thing themselves because either side could have appealed. Obviously the side that's unhappy with the decision is the one that appeals. But Freddie, I think that Sue L. Robinson played it safe, which is what judges do. Judges love to play things safe. Judges hate the idea of getting overruled in any manner. And she certainly doesn't want she knows how this process goes she certainly doesn't want ultimately at the end of this process if in fact the PA and Watson run to federal court she doesn't want a reviewing actual sitting federal judge who would be a former colleague of hers because don't forget we're talking about Sue L. Robinson a former federal judge herself she wouldn't want her former colleagues essentially overruling her or poking holes in what she did in her process and it's 
why she made sure, in her opinion, mm-hmm. to rely on precedent and rely on how the NFL had punished these sorts of instances in the past and saying things like, even if you want harsher punishments or even if there should be, this isn't how you've handled it. You need to give players notice. If you change your policies, then you can handle it differently and maybe you should. But this hasn't been something that you have done in the past, punish things more harshly than this standard. And so I'm setting this standard. And it's essentially the safe way to go about it in terms of it being a well-founded decision based on reasoning and based on precedent and makes it harder to challenge down the road. And so she played it safe with the six games. She also knew the NFL has this ability to appeal this thing and maybe heighten the punishment. And so it didn't need to be on her to do it. She basically put the onus on the NFL. Hey, not only can you appeal this thing, but by the way, ultimately, if this fails and it still stays at six games or less than the NFL was asking for the NFL in the future can change its personal conduct policy, provide the notice to the players. This is how in the future we are going to handle allegations of sexual misconduct and sexual assault, even if they don't raise rise to violent in nature under the NFL's definition in the personal conduct policy, it's still going to be a six game minimum or a 10 game minimum or whatever they want to institute. And that provides the notice. And then we can move forward from there. Amber Wilson, great stuff by her. Joining me, Freddie Coleman, in for the guys at Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN News. And then you have Tony Busby, the attorney who never met a microphone he didn't want to be a part of or did not meet a TV screen he wanted his face in front of. He mm-hmm. questions the way how the NFL handled this whole deal when it involves Sue Robinson leading to her decision on Monday. We don't know what was actually presented. We don't know how the presentation was made. All we know is that none of the people our firm represents were involved in that process in any way. I have no explanation why the NFL only spoke to 10 of my clients and only presented four of those 10. It really makes you want to scratch your head and wonder what the devil is going on. Apparently, Tony has been under a rock for the last 20 to 25 years when it comes to how the NFL does business. The NFL is going to conduct investigations the way they're going to conduct investigations. And if anybody should know that, Amber, when it comes to Tony Busby, an attorney who I'm sure there's been plenty of times he has not asked everybody involved with a case to get the best possible result for his client. For him to go out there and say, we don't know what was going on. At least you're scratching your head. Hey, Tony, welcome to planet Earth. When it comes to the NFL, how they're going to handle things to make sure they come out smelling like a rose and it's the best possible situation for them at the expense of others, which has happened time and time again. Listen, Tony Busby and the victims, and there was one of the alleged one of the alleged victims there at this press conference. They really, at this point, can only talk as it pertains to the NFL, and that's essentially what this press conference was. Now, don't forget, they weren't suing the NFL; they were right. suing Deshaun Watson. They settled with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. So did the woman who was actually at this press conference, who was the originator. She was the first one to file a civil action against Deshaun Watson. There is one pending civil action against Deshaun Watson remaining, but the huge majority of his clients have settled with Deshaun Watson. Probably part of those settlements was they can't talk about it, right? And they can't go out and they can't disparage Deshaun Watson any further. We don't know because those settlements, of course, are private, but that's most likely language in the settlement agreements. So now they've kind of put their attention towards the NFL and they're holding these press conferences. And what Tony Busby is saying ultimately in terms of believing women and and taking this seriously, and I think we all express those sentiments. Whenever you hear a lawyer talk, Freddie, 
you always have to keep in mind. He's doing his job, right? Yeah. Or she's doing her job, and they're advocating for their client. A lawyer's job is always to advocate for their client, advocate for a certain position. He's not going in there as some sort of neutral party when he goes after the NFL. I do wonder what ultimately happens. Is he trying to set up mm-hmm. for lawsuits down the road mm-hmm. so maybe they could go after the NFL? You saw some of his clients go after the Texans. You saw the 30 settlements from the Texans. Is there more to that story? And you mentioned Tony Busby has never met a microphone or a camera that he doesn't like. That's, of course, true. I'm not going to go and knock uh, attorneys for wanting to be out there. It's very good business. It can be both. You can be advocating for your client. You can be doing the best job for your client. You can actually care about your clients and what you're fighting for. And also, you can love growing your business in front sure. of a camera and in front of a microphone. But uh, it's it's hard for me to really take into account what's being said here beyond just the sentiments that we all express, that we want the NFL to do better when it comes to instituting these sorts of punishments, believing women, but also Mm. having some sort of semblance of consistency in how they punish players and institute discipline, which has been a huge problem here in this Watson scenario. Yeah, we know every situation is not the same, but that doesn't mean that the process has to be different all the time to get to the best possible conclusion when it comes to an investigation. And the NFL, they like the way they've done things before. But more than ever before, they got to change the way they think. The question is, do they want to? Do they want to do that? That's a question right now that does not have an answer when it comes to the NFL and player discipline and how that's going to happen going forward no matter what's decided in the Deshaun Watson case. When it comes to Major League Baseball, don't forget about an NLS battle this Sunday as the Los Angeles Dodgers host the San Diego Padres who will be giving out stimulus packages all over the place to players. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. Here we go with LeBron James. He's the only person that has extreme value that you'll never get equitable compensation for his greatness. So we got all of that going on. You the Lakers, where you going? You got nothing. Well, they may not have anything, but they still have LeBron James. And it seems that there were productive conversations being had when it comes to an extension with him not leaving Los Angeles and staying with Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us at Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and also ESPN News. And I love when they put in air quotes, and I'm doing that right now, Amber, that the Lakers and LeBron James had productive discussions about their future together. Now, no new deal has been agreed upon yet. That's what sorts have said. But things have been productive with LeBron and the Lakers. This is what happens when you know you have that kind of power, that kind of stroke. And you're going to use it if you're LeBron James. I mean, productive. What does that even mean, right? If it was really productive, Freddie, he would have signed the extension. Mm -hmm. So what are we talking about here? What is there to discuss? Uh, These things are... Are, are pretty set in stone. We know at his age, at 38 years old, he can only sign a two-year extension mm-hmm. under the NBA rules. And it's there. It's on the table. It's for the taking. We know the Lakers want him to sign it. It would help the Lakers out, I would imagine, immensely because they would have some sort of assurance that LeBron James is going to be there for the next three years for the Los Angeles Lakers. Certainly, that would help them try to fix these things moving forward. But if you're LeBron James... It's also a bargaining chip. Let's be real. Like, hey, maybe I'm not going to be here after this year unless you make some moves to improve my situation and the situation around me because the current roster we have 
it ain't working. So let's go ahead and move one of those draft picks in order to move the Russell Westbrook contract. You've got to do something. And if you're willing to do that, then I'll give you a couple more years of my life. Well, the simple solution, if LeBron James wants all those things you put out there, Amber, is to not sign a contract worth $44.5 million. Make sure there's enough money to go around where you can go out and get other free agents. I'm not saying I'm messing with a man's money, but that could be a very easy fix. Say, all right, if I'm commanding that much of my team's salary cap, salary cap, excuse me, I can potentially sign a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension with the Lakers that does not leave a lot of money and room to play with to get somebody else. And you got that contract, Anthony Davis, and whatever they're going to do with Russell Westbrook. That's a lot of money tied into three players. LeBron James wanted that kind of money. I'm not blaming him for that. But if he's going to have productive contract extension talks, then how much of that has to be that, okay, what do we have to do together to make sure we're not in the same situation that we were last year? Because he's still an injury away from everything falling apart for the Lakers. When you get to a certain age, Amber, and you have an injury, it's no longer like a one- or two-game thing. It becomes a 38 years of age, a one- or two-week thing. And we've seen that lately with LeBron James. We've seen it constantly with Anthony Davis with the Los Angeles Lakers. So there's so many other, there's so many other variables that you have to deal with, not just the Lakers, but if you're LeBron James having productive extension talks and how much of that is going to be productive for the future of your franchise being a contender in the Western Conference that gets better and better and younger and younger each and every year. Listen, Freddie, I'm in my late 30s as well. And if I sleep wrong one night, uh, my neck hurts for the next three weeks. So you're right. The body just doesn't recover the same in your late 30s. Even if you're LeBron James and you spend a million dollars on your body each and every year. At some point here, the injuries do take its toll. And you've seen it the last couple seasons with LeBron. He used to be Teflon early in his career. Mm -hmm. That man was never injured. That man never missed time. And of course, now that's not the case. And it's also why they are careful with him and why you do see him take off the games even when he's not injured. I think that, though, with this team, you have a real problem in terms of its roster construction. And if you're not Mm -hmm. able to do anything about it, then you're going to have a disgruntled superstar in LeBron James. He has shown in the past that he is very willing to leave organizations if he's unhappy with the way things are going or if he feels like, hey, I accomplished what I can and there's nothing left for me to do here. And so that's the concern if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. You're probably not trading LeBron this season. You're probably riding with him until he gives you some sort of indication about his future but it would be a shame if he doesn't sign the extension from the Lakers perspective and you go all the way through this season this season doesn't amount to a championship and then he just walks on you and you get nothing in return for him and then you're left with a half broken Anthony Davis and that would be the concern moving forward now you mentioned the salary cap ramifications I I think that you could argue maybe that this would actually help the Lakers in terms of planning. Cause then they'd at least know like, this is what's on our books over the next couple seasons for LeBron after this one. And presumably Russ won't be on their books after this year, him signing this extension doesn't actually affect anything this year. Right. It just affects it in terms of a power play. So if you're LeBron, Hey, I'm willing to sign up for the next couple years and you're right. It's big money that he's signing up for, but it's also LeBron James. So it's worth it, but it gives you some sort of direction so that if you do bring in other players, you can structure their contracts to account for that 40-plus mil that will be on the books for LeBron over the next couple seasons after this one. It can be very tough to have a conversation with a player that is still great, but you don't want to be in in the middle if you're the Lakers. Either you have to be really, really good competing for a championship or you have to start all over. The Lakers right now are a lot closer to the starting all over point but they know that's not going to fly with LeBron James. He is not going to want to be a part of a rebuilding program at 38 years of age, and I don't blame him. 
So if you're LeBron James and nothing is off the table with him, he's even expressed his desire that he wants to play with his son, Bronny. We saw the family, the family exercise Instagram post they put out there a couple of days ago mm-hmm. where they're dunking all over the place. You got Bronny and Bryce and LeBron James. So I understand that, you know, hey, we fam and fam wants to play together when it comes to LeBron James. But LeBron James had to get used to something like this. If you're going to move away from the Los Angeles Lakers, wherever you go, that does mean they're going to move heaven and earth for you. You're going to have to go and be a complimentary piece, even though you're still great. You don't have to worry about that at the Lakers. You're still the dude in Los Angeles. But if you want to move out of L.A., you don't want to be part of a rebuilding program, you want to play with your son, there's going to be some caveats you're going to have to deal with. And one of those caveats is wherever you go, you're not going to be the guy 38, 39, 40 years of age. And if you are the guy, that doesn't mean that basketball team is any good competing for a championship as far as I'm concerned, no matter how great LeBron is. That is something he may have to wrap his head around, Amber, to say, if I don't want to play the Lakers anymore, if things aren't productive enough for me to stay and win a championship, they have to go somewhere else. That means you can't be the dude. You have to get used to not being the dude. And I wonder, LeBron James, as powerful as he still is, will have enough of an ego to deal with that if that's going to be the case if he wants to move out of Los Angeles. But really, theoretically, Freddie, LeBron wasn't supposed to be the dude anymore in Los Angeles, right? Like, he wasn't supposed to be the man. I feel like he teams up with Anthony Davis, brings him to L.A. because he wanted to hand over the keys to the kingdom to Anthony Davis. I feel like Anthony Davis was supposed to get become the number one so that LeBron could age gracefully. And yet it hasn't worked out that mm-hmm. way at all. And so now you have a 38-year-old who's been carrying the Lakers because Anthony Davis hasn't been able to stay out there and hasn't been able to remain healthy and I do wonder what happens with that situation moving forward because if LeBron ain't happy and Anthony Mm -hmm. Davis shows us once again and it remains to be seen that he can't stay out there and healthy and there's questions around his dedication with the conditioning and so we're getting all the reports out of LA where you know now Anthony Davis is tearing it up even though there was a while there he didn't touch a basketball for months on end and it depends what you read and when you read it when it comes to AD but it's all going to come down to his availability this season and how that impacts the Lakers. I think with LeBron, he would be well-suited to take his time in making this decision about whether to sign this extension. You mentioned the Bronny factor as well. He's made it very clear that he wants to play with his son. That's easier said than done. I don't even know if Bronny's going to be end up good enough right, to get drafted you into the NBA. Know. We don't know if that team would be in a position to acquire LeBron James if he did. That's all 10 steps down the road. But I think in the immediacy, the bigger concern is what's going to happen here with this roster construction and if the Lakers can find a way to improve. Right now with the Lakers, it's more like a roster deconstruction. And if you're going to deconstruct that roster, how much of that will LeBron James look at and say, okay, if this has to happen for us going forward, that means there'll be another year or two where we're not a productive team in the Western Conference. And if that's going to be the case, then it's a whole different conversation involving LeBron James and if he's going to stay or even move away from the Los Angeles Lakers. But they are having productive talks. So at least there's something with the Lakers and LeBron James. Amber Wilson, Freddie, coming to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And we're going to get to the belief or non-belief when it comes to these quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, and Aaron Rodgers. Keep it on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN News. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.